This sermon is from Edgewood Baptist Church. You can find more information about us online at ebc-edmonds.org. Thanks for listening. I'm very, I don't know if nervous is the word today, but, but excited and, and feel a great importance of this day. First of all, the baby dedication at the first service. Do you understand how important that is, how great that is when parents say, we're going to make a commitment to raise our child and instruct him in the ways of the Lord? And the freedom that we have in this country to do that. Do we value that? Second, baptism. When by God's grace, He draws somebody to Himself and they put their faith and trust in Him as their Lord and their Savior and the boss of their life, and then they give testimony to that through baptism, that's, that's an important event, is it not? And then today, as... I reflect on what it is to be a Christian and how that impacts how we live as citizens. A few things that I brought with me today. This is the American flag that was draped over the casket of my grandfather who served in World War II, died many years later of a heart attack, but I treasure this. And I want to reflect a little bit on his life today. I have a few pictures of Grandpa that I brought with. Here's one, just him as a young guy. Pretty good-looking guy, right? And here he is in uniform. I have with me the patch that was on the side of his uniform. Another patch. I have with me here separation qualification record from the Army of the United States. It tells me that my grandfather, Richard K. Ayers, joined the Army on his birthday, September 8, 1944. And that he was separated from his service or ended his service December 4, 1945. It also tells me that he was a member of the 11th Tank Battalion, the 10th Armored Division, in the United States and Germany. But he, and it goes on. By the way, if, if you just were to Google that, that's a pretty significant group and what they did in, in Germany. The very end it says, was awarded the Bronze Star in Germany. I don't know much about my grandfather and his service, 
No idea what he won the bronze star for. And by the way, that's not his bronze star. Those are pictures of, of uh, his, the patches I found in his stuff, but I don't, someone else has the bronze star. I don't know exactly what he, what he got it for. I, I'd heard it was about carrying a wounded soldier to safety, but I'm not sure. You see, my grandfather wouldn't talk about it. Some of you have heard me tell the story. I, I came home one day, and my friend's grandfather had told him about all of the medals he'd won in World War II. So I rushed home, and the next time I got a chance to talk to, to, to Grandpa, I wanted to talk to him about his experience in World War II. So I, I, I called him by the affectionate title we used for, for Grandpa, and I, I talked to him, and he sat me down and he said, Kevin, wars are not things to be gloried in. They're things to be learned from. That left an impression on me. And now, just this week, as I, I was watching the hour-long documentary on what, what his unit did and where they went, I watched in silence thinking about his life. I, I thought about what was shared. I thought about where the 10th Armored Division went. I thought about the fact they didn't know they were coming back. On another occasion, my grandfather told me the real heroes were those who didn't return. I treasure these. It amazes me a little bit because when I, when I think of Grandpa, I think of these next pictures. I, I remember him like this holding my sister. I, re I remember him like this. I, I remember him coming to my high school basketball games looking something like this. My grandfather profoundly influenced my life. He was there when I first shot a shotgun. And I tried to be really cool. And he called me over. You see, my grandfather wasn't a man of many words. In fact, he had a sign in his office that said, if you want to be seen, stand up. If you want to be heard, speak up. If you want to be appreciated, shut up. <laughs> He had a dry sense of humor. Lost my train of thought there. He was uh, <laughs> making me laugh thinking about him. But I do remember him coming to basketball games and, and talking to me about those things. And I, and I do remember that he didn't want to talk a lot about the war and how he liked to switch subjects. 
And it makes me think about something else he told me. He said, I'm afraid, Kevin, that your generation will give away what mine bled and died for. I think about what he meant by that statement. And so, this past more than a month, I've spent time in prayer and fasting for our nation. Um, because I'm concerned. My grandfather did not fight for a piece of land. He fought for principles that he believed. Principles that are laid out in the Declaration of Independence. That we've been endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights. Among them was life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I spent time in prayer. I spent hours looking over the voters' pamphlet, reading through the material, doing research on judges. Because my grandfather's words still, still ring in my ears. Your generation, if they're not careful, will give away what we bled and died for. Let's, let's check in on some of those things. Life, the right to live, is not given by a mother in the sense that she has the right to take the life of her baby in the womb. Life is a right given by who? And so, so it may not be politically correct, but I believe that we should vote to protect the lives of the unborn. When someone says the baby's not a baby as long as its head's still in the birth canal, that, that, I was on the Iowa Right to Life board at the state level. And the, and the lady who testified before our government officials came to talk to us and described the process, which isn't a short one, and I wept. I have heard folks tell me that my trust is in God, not in country, so I don't vote. Let me make something very clear to you God is not an American. Our ultimate allegiance isn't to a nation or a flag. Our nation has not always made every decision right. True? But we are citizens of the United States of America. Is that not true? And we are called upon to use this 
time to speak truth. I was thinking of, of a couple of passages of Scripture. First in, in Joshua. Chapter 6. I tried to do that really cool, by the way, right there. Did you see that? I couldn't remember exactly where I laid my glasses. Some of you were watching. <laughs> chapter, I'm sorry, chapter, I said 6, I meant 5. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us? or for the adversary? And he said, no. <laughs> no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. Amen. What do I take from that? I take that, that this week for this week, we put the flag up here to remind us to pray for America. But we do want to be very cautious, this is my heart, that we do not connect inappropriately God with any one country. Because God is bigger than any country. And God is calling people from every tribe and every tongue and every nation. Amen? That my ultimate allegiance is never to a nation, it's always to God. Right? Is that true? So I understand when people say my trust is in God, not country. I get that. Hold on, though. What about what Esther was told by Mordecai? Esther 4.13, then Mordecai told him to reply to Esther, do, you th do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all of the other Jews. For if we can keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf, and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. You see, Esther was told that the place that she was placed in was an opportunity for her to speak for truth. Amen? Let me ask you something. If there was a law out there that we were voting on here in the area that said everybody over six foot three should be executed, right? And everybody in this room was going to get to vote on that measure. And I went to you and I said, hey, are you guys going to vote on the measure of the execution of people over 6'3"? And you said, I trust in God, 
not in country, I'm not voting. I would say you really have a warped theology. Our Bible tells us to love the Lord God with all our heart, with all our soul, and all our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we are called to love. And when it's in our power to act on the, on the behalf of the oppressed, is that not true? That's why we spent hours praying over and looking over the voter's guide. Our freedom did not come free. Life matters. And I believe we're called to use our vote to protect it. Martin Luther King Jr. said that laws could not change the heart, but they could protect the innocent from the heartless. I know it's a tough election. I'm not telling you who to vote for, am I? But I'm telling you to get involved. And to vote your biblical principles. What about liberty? Here's the thing about Christianity. We don't believe that we can force our Christianity on anybody. It doesn't work that way. You can't forcefully convert somebody to Christianity. Is that true? If you force them, they're not a convert. Are there concerns about our religious liberties? I would say yes. Pursuit of happiness. There's no greater joy than having a right relationship with God. There's no greater freedom than the freedom comes from our own sin and curse. And, and I want to live in a nation where have, we have the freedom to speak that and to share that. Our faith is not in our nation. Our faith is in our God. But we are American citizens, many of us here, and we should use our citizenship to speak out for truth. Amen. I found it, as, and you can read the articles I wrote on this, but I find it not only bad theology, but disingenuous when people tell me, I trust in God and not my country. Because you know what happens when someone breaks into their house? Who do they call? The police. And if I was to tell them, don't call the police, trust in God. Right? It's not a lack of trust in God because God has ordained government. There's a lot of corruption of it. I understand that. God's told us there's a rightful use for it. True? People in the other town would tell me they don't like to get too involved in politics and then a hog lot would move near their property and all of a sudden they would be very involved in politics. My grandfather was 26 years old when he entered the army. He left behind a three-year-old daughter and a one-year-old son. He saw many things he never wanted to speak about. And he told me, 
and I'll repeat it. Wars aren't things to be gloried in. They're things to be learned from. And he warns me, if we weren't careful, my generation would give away what his generation had fought for. He wasn't saying God is an American. He was involved in a certain political party, but he didn't believe that God was spelled G-O-P. I remember the honor that he believed that, that, uh, and respect we should show other people, even when we disagreed with them on political issues. I remember being a young guy and coming in and, and there was a certain politician that I'd heard my grandfather who didn't say much, say some things he didn't like about some of the laws he was passing and when that legislator died, my grandfather showed honor. And he said, we treat people with dignity. Right? He knew the order. What is it we should learn? I have a copy, and I've kept a copy of Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. I've read not all of it, but a lot of it. Why? It's really dangerous to have this in my hands <laughs> with all the things that people do with emotion. Because I read of Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his life and how he said that the church did too little to fight the ideas of Hitler. And because I believe that ideas have consequences. And, if, and as I read Hitler talking about propaganda in here and how he manipulates people's emotions, and I look out at what's happening a lot in our culture, I think about the words that Abraham Lincoln said, when he said, my opponents have mistaken ridicule for reason. And I notice that there's some things that if we speak up against, people villainize us, even if we say them as kindly as we can. At the baby dedication, I was thinking of the birth of my children. I was remembering... Joshua, our firstborn. There was some crazy stuff happening politically then, too, believe it or not. Right? And we thought a lot about what we wanted to name him, and we named him Joshua. Right? We saw Joshua today in the scripture I read, how he worshiped God. You understood that it wasn't about getting God on your side, it was about getting on God's side. He understood that, that God calls people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Amen. But remember, Joshua was one of the spies who came back from spying out the promised land. Twelve spies went, if you know the stories. If you don't, I'll, I'll, I'll inform you about it. Twelve spies went. Ten came back with bad reports. But two, Joshua and Caleb saw not the size of their enemy, but the promise of their God. Sure, they saw the size of their enemy, but they saw more the promise of God. And I thought, I want to name my son in such a way that remembers the name means Yahweh is my salvation, that he knows God is his salvation, 
And that does not cause inactivity, but activity. It doesn't keep us from speaking truth about political issues. It just keeps us from putting our ultimate hope in politics. See the difference? And we put his middle name as Elijah. We wrote him a little thing. And we said, son, we pray that you will be a man of God who's not afraid to speak truth to power. I don't know what you think, but I think we need not be afraid. Joshua is told over and over in Scripture to be strong and courageous. Amen? Christians, Christians do. We win. It's not about being an American or making God an American. It's about valuing the place that God has placed us as American citizens and using it for His glory. Amen? Whatever nation you're in, we should be a blessing to that nation. Can I get an amen? And we should be thankful for a country that values life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And we should think about the fact that the greatest need of freedom we have is freedom from our sin. And only Jesus could provide that for us. Amen? And the kingdom of God is advancing not by military force, but by the power of the gospel changing lives. Amen? And it's the gospel that can bring people from every nation, Germans and Japanese and Americans and British, all of us together, lifting high the name of Jesus. Amen? I shared with you that when I shot my shotgun for the first time, my grandpa called me over to talk to me. Remember that? I didn't end that story, right? He asked me a question. He said, were you afraid after I'd shot the gun? And I said, yes. And he said, never lose that fear. Just learn to control it. My grandfather was teaching me that courage is the ability to control our fears and put them in the proper perspective. You see, with every fear, there comes a healthy respect that can lead to responsibility. And he didn't want me to be careless with firearms. I thought about today, as I thought of my fear to speak, on these issues in fear of being misunderstood. And as we go forth in this election season, may we think about this. Let's never lose our fear of speaking inappropriately. Let's learn to control it 
and pray that our tongues will be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Not that we're living in fear, but a holy respect, that our words matter. And may we speak truth with love to those we come in contact with. That God might be glorified and His people might rejoice. God bless you.